Hey there, this is Gregory Williams, and I'm the senior pastor of Transform Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope the following presentation really inspires you to deepen your faith walk and encourages you along your journey. Enjoy the message. You know, I, I don't know about you, but is it just me or last year went by so quickly? Personally, for me, like, I don't know, last year was such a blur. It, was just, it went by by a snap of a finger. And I think that last year for me, personally, I don't know if that's the same with you, but I had a tough year last year. I had a challenging year last year. Last year was so, was a, I was at a breaking point. And it was a year full of ups and downs. Uh, I was left with more questions than answers. I was left with more complexity than clarity. And it was just a tough, tough year, and I'm so glad that it's over. Now, in saying that, there were some highlights last year as well. Okay, there were some highlights that, I, that I'm still kind of celebrating today. Uh, one of the highlights that I have here is that I, I was privileged enough and honored enough to celebrate my first ever wedding anniversary with my wife. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was a magical time. It was an awesome time. Now, remember when, when, you know when you watch TVs and, and, and uh, movies and TV shows, what have you, um, you know why they, I don't know why they always make the husband forget the wedding anniversary. You notice that? I don't know why they do that, but I didn't want to be one of those husbands. I didn't want to be a cliché. So I put reminders on my phone, I put it on my calendar, I put it on my work calendar, I put it on the calendar physically on, um, on our refrigerator, and I put alarms and reminders on my phone to make sure not to forget. Now, what do you think happened? I did not forget, you crazy people. No, I had a magical time. We had an amazing time. See, I know where you guys are at. No, I did not forget. I wanted to be a good husband. And, you know, um, I made sure we, we, we went somewhere and we had an amazing time. We had a magical time. We, we, we went to an almost interstate area. And it was, a, it, was a, it was an awesome time. We went with our puppy dog. And it was just, it was awesome. I did not forget. But sometimes I find myself wondering how to respond to situations where you often forget to remember. You know, and I'm, I'm sure I'm not alone with this, and maybe we've all faced similar problems before or issues, but isn't it crazy how we almost always forget to remember? And I was talking about it just now, about last year. I, I don't know what happened last year. But maybe if you're married, and you might have forgotten something to remember, like your spouse's birthday or anniversary, like I almost did, or you're a child, or you're someone's son and daughter, and you forgot your parents' birthday or their wedding anniversary. And if we go even deeper than that, and if you're coming here for the very first time, maybe you've forgotten how good it feels to have people in your life that genuinely cares. Like you're walking through those doors, people greeted you, people loved you, people said hi to you, and you've been isolating yourself for a while, and you've forgotten to remember how good it feels to have genuine people in your life. Or maybe you've been struggling with jealousy and envy, and you've forgotten how good it is you have it right now, and you're constantly comparing. Are you facing the same thing today? 
Have you faced the same or you know of somebody who are facing or who is dealing with it? That's why the title of my message today is this. Don't forget to remember. Hey, tap the person next to you and tell them, don't forget to remember. <clears throat> and there's so much to unpack about this. And God has, so, has much to say about this. So let's discover what he teaches us about this today. And you're, if you're like me, at the start of this year, I had an intense prayer with God, a.k.a. complaining. I was like, God, let this year be a prosperous one. Let this year be a blessed one. No more challenges, no more, no more things that would derail me from my life right now, because last year was too, too, too crazy. And I felt like God was saying back, he's saying, Tom, don't forget to remember that you prayed for that last year. He said, on January last year, don't forget to remember, you're the one that said, I want you to change my life this year. You're the one that says, I want you, you're the one that said, Lord, whatever it takes for me to go deeper, I'll go deeper. You're the one that says, whatever it takes for me to go closer to you, you're the one that said that, Tom. Don't forget to remember. And I said, God, I didn't want any of that. But isn't it interesting and isn't it funny how we want to be challenged, sorry, we want to be changed but we don't want to be challenged. Isn't it interesting how we want to say, God, I want to go deeper with you, but I don't want to be disrupted. And that's what's happening in the text that we're reading today. And I'm going to pause right here for a second because I'm rereading these two stories with fresh eyes. And with fresh eyes come fresh take and fresh revelation. And it's, it comes from the miracle of the multitudes. And Jesus, basically, if you didn't know what the miracle of multitudes is, Jesus did this miracle twice. And it's mentioned in all four Gospels. And this is the only miracle that is mentioned in all four Gospels, which means the first four books of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. This is the only miracle that is mentioned in all four Gospels besides the resurrection. So team, if you could put that up, please, on the screen. This is when Jesus performed a miracle in two different places. So he's got loaves of bread and a few fish to feed the thousands of followers who had gathered to see him heal the sick. And the miracle happens when Jesus gets handed some loaves of bread and a few fish. And he blessed it and he took it and he gave it back to the disciples. And the disciples handed it out and it began to multiply. And what I want to do is I want to look at these two miracles here. And I want to treat it like, you know when those pictures in the magazine, when you look at two pictures and you got to look at the differences of them, what's different, what's similar? I want to treat it like those today. What are the similarities and differences? And what we're going to do is we're going to read in the scriptures what's happening today. So this is the first miracle, which is the feeding of the 5,000. And we're going to read it in Matthew 14, verse 15. It says this, as evening approached, the disciples came to him, Jesus, and said, this is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so that they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. The next verse says, Jesus replied, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. And what we're going to do is we're going to shift over from Matthew 14 to 15, verse 32 now. And it says this. Jesus called his disciples to him. Remember, we got the feeding of the 5,000 in the first one. We got the feeding of the 4,000, which is the second 
miracle that Jesus did a month later. Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion for these people. They have already been with me for three days and have nothing to eat. I do not want to send them away hungry or they may collapse on the way. They're going to put that picture up back again. This is the first thing that I noticed in the first point. And if you're writing things down, this takes us to our first point. It says this, compassion was the catalyst for the miracle. Compassion was the catalyst for the miracle. Because if you look at the feeding of the 5,000, Jesus was moved with compassion. And if you look at the feeding of the 4,000, he says, and this is the one and only time, few times, that Jesus says verbally, says, I have compassion on these people. And so compassion is the catalyst for the miracle. And what I want to do is I want to define compassion this way. Compassion is when care and action collide. Compassion is when care and action collide. Because how many of us know that we need to be people of compassion? You look at the world today and there's so much division, there's so much violence, there's so much heartache, and the church needs to stand up and say, I'm going to be compassionate to somebody today. Come on. I'm going to be compassionate to my brother, to my sister, to my siblings, to my friends at work. I need to be more compassionate. And maybe there is a need in your world today that needs that extra little bit of compassion. And I want to ask you this question. What part of your world needs that same compassion that Jesus had? Maybe you're waiting on a miracle, or maybe you're waiting on a breakthrough. Try being more compassionate, because compassion was the catalyst for the miracle. And we're going to skip over to Matthew chapter 14, verse 21. It says this, the number of those who ate was about 5,000 men. In the first miracle, they said that there were about 5,000 men besides women and children. What that means is that they weren't counting the women and children. It's possible that it wasn't just 5,000 men. It's possible that there were 15,000 or more. So that means that there were a lot of problems. And how many of us know that when there's a lot of people, there's a lot of problems? Oh, it's so quiet in here today. We're called to people, which means that we're called to problems. And you're like, man, I know it's just the start of the new year, and I'm already sick of people. <laughs> Guess what? You still have you. You are with problems. We are all with problems. And Jesus is saying we're called to people, which means we're called to problems. But see, despite having all of these these people come and expect it to be fed. Despite all the abuse and all the problems, Jesus had compassion over them. Jesus recognized that compassion is the catalyst for the miracle. And if that's how Jesus lived and loved, that's how I'm going to live and love. And if we go a little bit deeper, because don't forget in the feeding of the 5,000, the real issue was not the crowd. The real issue was the price. This is going to take a whole year's wages to feed them. And the feeding of the 5,000, again, those two pictures. The feeding of the 4,000, if you really look at it, it was the place and the people. Because remember what Jesus said, I have compassion on these people. And the disciples answer, where can we find enough bread to feed these people in this place? Which ought to make you want to ask, where was this place? So... This place 
was in the region near the Sea of Galilee. And I'm, I've put a map right here. If you like maps like me, this, 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 this is your area. So if you look at the top right here where Jesus feeds the 5,000, this was near the Bethsaida territory, which was a Jewish territory. And if you look at where he feeds the 4,000, he feeds them in Decapolis, which is Gentile territory. Now you might be asking, if you know your history, back then Jewish people didn't like interacting or even going to Gentile territory because they were considered impure or unclean. A place that they had hardly gone or ever go and with people that they never really hung out with. And Jesus is saying, hey, I have compassion on these people too. The feeding of the 5,000 was a field trip to show the disciples that I am the bread of life and I am for everybody. Not just for the Jewish, but for the Gentiles. Not just for the comfortable, but for the uncomfortable. I am the bread of life for the sick, just as I am for the healthy. That needs to happen today because compassionate people, we, I want you to be compassionate to, pe compassionate to people that you're not usually compassionate to. You know, that should be our prayer this year. That should be our prayer request this year, especially now, is Lord, help me see people that I don't usually see. Because they need bread too. They need you too, Jesus. Because isn't it amazing? Bear with me. Isn't it amazing how you can see people with addictions a certain way until somebody in your family or somebody that's close to you has an addiction? Isn't it crazy how sometimes you can walk to a place and not worry about the elevators or how many stairs there are until your kids has a disability? Isn't it crazy? Isn't it funny how we can look at things in certain situations and not really have compassion or understand because we don't, need, we don't see what we need to see? Thank God for the feeding of the 5,000, the feeding of the multitudes and what he did with the bread. And I love what he did with the bread. He took it and he blessed it and he broke it and then he multiplied it. And that's what God wants to do in our lives today. Thank God that Jesus had that compassion for the world because compassion wasn't just a catalyst for a miracle. Compassion was an extension of his love for me and for you. And what we're going to do is we're going to keep reading. So compassion was the catalyst for a miracle. And he says in the next verse, in the next chapter, it says, Matthew, in Matthew 15, verse 33, it says this, His disciples answered, Where could we get enough bread in this remote place to feed such a crowd? Where can we get it? You know, I also found it intriguing that in both miracles, the both pictures, both feeding of the multitudes, the disciples were asking the wrong questions. If you have time today, or tomorrow, or this week, read it. Disciples were asking the wrong questions. They were asking the wrong questions, which really got me thinking. Worry is often the byproduct of asking the wrong questions. I'm going to repeat that again to absorb that. Worry is often the byproduct of asking the wrong questions. They looked out and they said, how can we get enough money to buy, to buy bread for all these people? They looked out and said, how can we even find bread in this remote place? Wrong questions. And worry is the byproduct of asking the wrong questions because they start worrying about where can we get this. And I wonder if the reason you are worried today is because you're asking the wrong questions. 
What if there's another lockdown? How am I going to pay for the bills? What if I don't get the grades that I want? What if I lose my job? What if I lose that? What if this happens? Wrong questions. They were asking the wrong questions. And I'm not saying to not have wisdom. That's not what I'm saying. But in both feedings, they were asking the wrong questions. Because, but my issue with the disciples is that Jesus did this miracle twice. The feeding of the 5,000 was the first one. And then months later, Jesus did it again in a different place. Months later, same scenario, wrong questions. They should have said, you know what? I've been here before. I've done this before. I've been here. I've done that. Let's go. Where's the bread? Where's the fish? I've done this before. Same scenario, same wrong questions. And the craziest thing is that I've done, I've done so many times what the disciples did so many times. I've done it so many times where I've been in the same situations before that I've been in, and I still forget to remember that God was there all along. Because how many, how, many, how many of you know we're just like them? God's come through for you before in the middle of your situation and you're stressing. God's come through with you before and he'll come through again. And sometimes we forget the goodness and the faithfulness of God and we forget and we forget to remember and he has done it before and he will surely do it again. He's gotten you out of your situation before and he will surely do it again. He's put food on your belly before and he'll surely do it again. Come on, if God has done it before, he will do it again. I'm just like the disciples. I'm like reading this and I'm like, man, I'm, that's me. In your situation today, are you asking the wrong questions? And I love this. Even though the disciples were asking the wrong questions, Jesus gave a better question. We're going to read it together. Here's the question that Jesus asked. In both miracles. He did this in both miracles. Watch this. Matthew 15 verse 34. It says this. How many loaves do you have? How many loaves do you have? I love that question. I love the power of that question. Do you know the power of that question? That means stop worrying and focusing on what you do not have. How about you focus on what you have at your disposal right now? How many loaves do you have? Ooh, that's a powerful question. That's the question that we should be asking ourselves today. What do you have at your disposal? What has God given to you? When you say, how many loaves do you have? When you ask that question, that doesn't lead to worry, but that leads to hope. That means that you have to do an inventory as to what you currently have so God can do something with it. Listen, don't make the enemy focus, make you focus on what you lost. Look at how many loaves you have left. Hey, you might have lost that job, but you still have your mind. You still have your body. You still have your creativity. You still have your knowledge today, and you're still here. In fact, we sang it today. If, he, if you're not dead, he's not done. Come on, somebody needs to believe that today, that if you're not dead, God is not done with you. God is not done with you. So Jesus is asking today, how many loaves do you have? 
What a powerful question. What is in your hand? Can, can, can I get the bread, please, team? Thank you. This is, this, is, this is how many loaves I have. I have, I don't know how many is in here. But this is my bread. And I was asking, I was asking my wife this week, because she's an amazing baker. And I was, I was asking here, V, that's what I call her, Vanessa, V, how do you make bread? How do you make this? And so she said, this is what you need. You need a few things to make a basic bread. You need flour, you need water, salt, and a little bit of yeast. And I gagged about yeast, you know, yeast, what's yeast got to do with it? And I had to Google, I'm like, yeast, what's yeast? And if you didn't know this, yeast is a good bacteria. It's a fungi that if you put it in a little bit of dough, just a little bit of it, it will affect and saturate all of the bread. Just a little bit of it. And I'm thinking, isn't that how God works? That he takes what I have. He takes what I have, whatever I got. This is what I have. This is a Cole's home brand white sandwich loaf. It's not gluten-free. It's not free-range. It's not fat-free, but this is what I have. And he takes it. And just like yeast, he increases the size of it. And he blesses it. And he multiplies it. Because I saw her do it once. It starts with this little bowl. And overnight, it increases triple, quadruple the size. And that's what yeast does. And this is my bread. It's not much, but this is what I have. You know, it's easy to look on social media and like other people's loaves without considering what you have in your hand. But this is what I got. We feel what we have is not enough. I'm just going to leave it right there. Isn't that what we feel like sometimes? How we, what we have is not enough. I'm not enough to be the husband or the wife or the spouse or the partner that I'm called to be. I'm not enough to be the mom or the dad I'm supposed to be. I'm not enough to be the leader or the business person I was supposed to be in. Those are the questions that goes through my mind. I don't know about you all the time. And, and, and can I tell you something? Really honest? Don't get mad. What I have here will never be enough. I'm going to tell you something really candid. What I have in my hand is never going to be enough as long as it's in my hands. And God is calling us today to partner with you. To say, take whatever is in your hand and give it to me. So I can bless it and increase it and multiply it. So I can transform it. Just like what yeast does for bread, I can increase it. I can transform it into the loaves that you can have and enjoy. He says, take what you have in your hand and put it in mine. Because in, in our hands, and if 2023 has ever taught us that we are not in control, 
because we're trying to control what we have all the time. And you're saying, man, I'm going to do this with this. I'm going to do that with that. Oh, that person has this amount of loaves. Man, I wish I had this amount of loaves. But see, God wants you to put what you have and put it in his hands. It will never be enough in our hands. But with God, anything is possible. For me, last year was a season of breaking. Oh boy, I tell you now, it was a season of breaking. And I know some of you can relate to that right now. It was a season of breaking. Last year, I was stressed. I was, I was diagnosed. I, know I talked about this in one of my messages last year. I was diagnosed with, with um, chronic burnout and I was emotionally tired. Man, I was tired. And I was ready to give up and ready to throw in the towel. And I had to call. I, I was just bawling my eyes out. And I looked at what I had and I said, Lord, this is not enough. I'm ready to give up. And I'm constantly comparing. And I was ready to quit. And the first number that I opened up my phone to was Chanel Williams. Pastor Chanel Williams. I don't know if you still remember this, mom. But I called her, and I literally yelled on the phone all the stuff that I was going through. I said, this is what I'm going through. I'm not enough. I'm ready to quit. I'm ready to leave. I'm ready to go. I will never be enough. And I was bawling my eyes out, and I'm saying, God, I don't want to do this anymore. I was ready to give up. And I don't know about you if that's how you feel today. That was what I'm feeling. And it was a brief silence after I did what I did. I lost my voice. And it was a brief silence. And then all of a sudden, she reminded me of all the crazy things I used to do when I was a kid. All the crazy little things when I came from, from Philippines to here. And then she reminded me of the even crazier things that I did as a teenager. And then uh, how I was out of control, how, you know, <laughs> I was just a crazy kid. And then she reminded me of where I was to where I am now. She reminded me of how far God has taken me, how God has brought me, how God has taken me. And she made me remember the faithfulness of God, how God has taken me. Then and it was a breaking season, and she made me not to forget to remember that if God was faithful then, He is still faithful now. And some of you all right now, I'm pleading with you in your situations, remember that God is faithful. God is always faithful in every situation. Don't forget to remember that He was faithful in our situation then, that will never ever change because he's still faithful now and he will be faithful tomorrow. So I plead with you, don't forget to remember the faithfulness of God because I know that there are some of us right now that are carrying things in our lives, painful moments where you feel like God wasn't faithful and that's okay. Where you look back and you really, really wonder, God where were you? And you carry this pain in your life. And you're walking around and you're putting a, putting a smile on like everything is going well. But you're carrying this pain in your life. 
And there are so many of us here right now that have, that have complicated past. Complicated past. And the truth is this, that sometimes it is hard to remember the faithfulness of God in the middle of my situation. Because I'm so busy thinking about the storm that's going on in my life. How can I? Because maybe it's the girl that broke your heart that you thought you were going to get married to. And she left you. And you wonder, God, where were you? That was, the, that, that was supposed to be the woman that's for me. Perhaps it's that job that you were waiting on. That you knew, man, if I get this job, if I get this, this is going to help my family. This is going to help me save up for a house, for a car, for this. This is going to help my family and my kids, and you've been praying hard, and you didn't get it, and you wonder, God, I needed it. Why weren't you faithful? Maybe it's somebody that you trusted that abused you and scarred you for life, and that's a pain that you carry with you, and say, man, there's no good there. Where was God in that moment? And maybe you're here today, and you made some decisions in your life and you've, be, you've tried to walk away from the guilt and the shame, but it keeps coming back and you feel like God's not being faithful to you. It's that pain where you look back and you, 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 it's hard to see God's faithfulness. See, it's easy for us to look at the size of the storm and miss that Jesus is right with us on the boat. It's easy to look on the horizon and look at this massive swirl, that hurricane over the horizon, and miss that Jesus is on the boat. It's easy for us to look at the size of our problems, our bills, our kids, our marriage, and miss that Jesus is right there with us. So I want to remind you today, and this is something to celebrate about. I want to remind you that despite with all these things that is going on in your life, do not forget to remember that Jesus is right here with us today. Somebody needs to hear that and internalize that, that he is still faithful, that he is still moving, that he is still working, that he is still healing, he's still restoring and mending and loving. And remember that he is still faithful. So stop holding on to your issues like you have no help. Maybe for you this year, it's time for you to let go that, of that something that you've been holding on to tightly and let go of the bread that is in your hands and give it to someone that has the power to transform it. Don't forget to remember that what we have may never be enough as long as it's in our hands. But we need to remember to put it in his hands so he can transform it today. Don't forget to, to remember that if he has done it before, he will do it again. Amen. Can we do that? Do not forget to remember. And as we conclude today, it's an awesome thing to have God in our lives and, and read about what he says in the scriptures. However, it's not just enough to read about it, but it's also important to put it to practice. The question that we need to ask ourselves now is this, what am I going to do now? How do I apply it? Now you're asking the right questions. So as always, we want to leave you with two questions today. I want to leave you with two questions to help impact your week and help you to remember not to forget. And question number one goes like this. 
How can I ask the right questions to lessen the worry I feel this week? How can I ask, if you're writing things down, how can I ask the right questions to lessen the worry I feel this week? Because we've just learned that worry is the byproduct of asking the wrong questions. So how can we start asking the right questions to lessen the worry I feel this week? I put it like two magazines again. Rather than asking, how can people help me? Maybe challenge yourself to say, how can I help people? You're turning the questions around to that leads to hope instead of worry. Instead of asking, why isn't anyone nice to me? Maybe say, how can I be kind to somebody this week? Rather than saying, my kids don't even listen to me. Why won't they listen to me? Maybe you can say, how can I love my kids even more this week? Rather than say, why won't they show me love anymore? Why doesn't my wife or my husband show me any more love? Maybe say, how can I show how much my spouse means to me this week? See, it's, it's, it's drawn out from me to somebody else. Compassion leads to a miracle. We've just learned that. Compassion is a two-way thing. Compassion is not a selfish thing. Compassion leads to another person and impacts another person. So today... How can we, how can we ask the right questions to lessen the worry that I feel this week? Question number two, how can I show compassion in the middle of my situation? Ooh, this is a hard one. How can I show compassion in the middle of my situation? Because I'm going through it just like you are. We're going through different things in our lives. But we have to remember that we are compassionate people. That we have to be compassionate to one another, sometimes in the middle of our situation. And maybe you've been praying for a miracle on your marriage, at school, at work. Maybe it's in the middle of your compassion that you'll find your miracle. That you'll find the breakthrough that you're looking for. Maybe it's a meal with your coworker. Or a coffee with somebody here at church today, after. Maybe it's a picnic with your kids. Maybe it's a daddy day out or mommy day out with your kids. Maybe it's a date with your elderly parents. Maybe that's where you'll find the miracle and the breakthrough that you're looking for. Because Jesus knew that compassion was the catalyst for the miracle. And maybe that's where you're going to find it. In the middle of your compassion. Because imagine... Imagine, church, imagine if we all did it together. Imagine if you, me, us, one by one by one, together, we were so compassionate that we impact our community right here. Imagine the values that we, together, are instilling in our children, in our families, if we were all compassionate. And if we all to say, you know what, they're doing it tough right now. Why don't I go over there and have a chat with them? Imagine the impact that we could do. Not I could do. We could do. Not one person, not two. Because if 12 could turn the world 
on its head, imagine what all of us can do today. Imagine what we could all do today. Hello again, and thank you so much for listening. I really hope that message has encouraged you. Would you please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review? This really helps others get exposed to this uplifting message. I would also love for you to share this message with a friend or someone you think would be really inspired and blessed by this. Sharing this on social media like Facebook really does help others also get this free content. I'm honored you chose to spend some of your valuable time with us. Have an amazing day.